Welcome to Outspoken Voices, a podcast by and for lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer parents, people with LGBTQ parents, future parents, and everyone else who is part of our family journeys. I'm your host, Emily McGranahan, and I am the Director of Family Engagement with Family Equality Council. Today we're talking about growing up with same-sex parents when you identify as a different sex. What is it really like for a young woman being raised by two men or a young man being raised by women? I'm really excited to talk about this today. It was sort of the opposite of my own experience and then the questions I got from other people when I was growing up. So I uh, was a cisgender girl raised by women and honestly, people had this idea that I sort of existed in this like all women lesbian society, I wish. And so with me today to really talk through some of that and also to share a different perspective is Jean and Zan. And they are our sort of two experts today. So Zan is a high school student in New Jersey with two moms. And Jean is a junior at Boston Latin School who has lived in Boston her whole life with two dads and her 15-year-old brother as well. So welcome, both of you. Um, Okay, so to just start off, Jean, would you just start us by telling a little bit more about who's in your family and how your family was formed? Okay, so I have my two dads and my little brother. Like I said, I am incredibly outnumbered. (laughs) um, I was conceived through IVF. Um, My egg donor is my aunt, so one of my dad's sisters, and my sperm donor was my dad. And I was carried by a surrogate who actually works with my dad. So I still Mm. know all these people. And then my brother was a very similar situation with the same egg and sperm, but just carried by our mother, my aunt. Wow, thanks. (laughs) Uh, So it sounds like that's different than some surrogacy experiences that you hear about that everybody was sort of known. Do you you know if that was a factor of the sort of personal relationship sounds like the personal relationships maybe your dad's had or was that sort of the legal landscape of what they felt like their options were at the time yeah I think it was really just a personal choice Mm. that the the dad who ended up being my quote uncle really wanted to be our biological father and when that just didn't work out this was the next best choice and Zan who is in your family and how was your family formed So it's just me and my two moms, and I was conceived with an anonymous sperm donor, and my mom carried me. We love to, like, we love to, like, go out to eat together, like, go to concerts Mm. together. That's fun. Uh, What was the last concert you went to? Uh, I think we went to see Steely Dan, like, a year ago. Nice. Cool. And, Dean, what about you? What are some of your favorite things to do as a family? My family loves to go down to Rhode Island and watch college basketball games. And um, when college basketball is not in season, we watch the Red Sox. Excellent. All right. What would you say are some of the most common questions that you hear from people when you tell them about your family? One question that I get a lot is, what is it like to not have a mom? Or Mm -hmm. what is it like to not or to be the only girl in your house? Because for a lot of people, that's a really, really hard thing to process. And like a lot of people have really good relationships with their moms. So it's kind of different for them to have that mother-daughter connection that I don't necessarily have. That's probably the big Mm -hmm. one. So it almost sounds like that first question is a perceived lack rather than they, people aren't automatically going to the, the great additional things that you have. Yeah, absolutely. They think of it as a lack, which Mm. while it is in some ways it absolutely is not because it's not like I don't have any women in my life. I have my aunts who I'm very, very close to still. So it's, kind of 
an aggravating question in that mm-hmm. sense that they don't understand. Oh, she must have some other woman in her life. Mm-hmm. Zan, do you have qu- common questions that you often hear when you tell people about your family? On top of those, I always ask, like, <laughs> I'm always get asked, like, do you ever wish you had a dad? Mm. Or, like, do you wish you had a male in your house, like a brother? And, like, for me, and for me, like, it really doesn't matter. I think I struggled with it a little more when I was younger. And I would try to think, like, which fatherly traits fall into which mother. Mm. But, like, now it doesn't bother nearly as much as it did. Like, I'm just kind of cool with it. I like it. <laughs> yeah. It sounds a little bit different from, so... I'm admitted I'm I'm older than both of you about 10 years I think older than both of you so the question one of the questions that I often heard was like how yeah like how is that possible like you have to have a dad you know that so do do you is that a bit different now do you think people are maybe more familiar or is it just because you're in high school now and so people understand processes a little bit more I mean kind of where I live it's a little more common to have a to have LGBT couples raising Mm -hmm. uh raising kids so i don't get as many questions i got more questions in like elementary school where like it wasn't really understood because like kids are still kind of figuring things out i mean they are in high school too but but like people tend to understand it a little more i mean my parents though got questions like they went to a they went to a parent mixer with my school because i go to a private school so i have like people from all over the state of new jersey and especially uh, in one county, it's not as common. So, like, one of the moms asked my mom, which one of you is the mom? Mm. Like, so, like, I feel like the parents struggle with it almost more than the kids do because to the kids, it's almost pedestrian around where I live. Interesting. I think that kind of to um, go opposite of that with the two dads thing, people have the question how because it's not as easy for two men to have a baby. Mm-hmm. So, people, I don't actually know. If what they think the first time they meet me and find out about my family but i'm guessing they assume adoption was mm-hmm. a big factor in how i became in my parents lives but then they see me next to my parents and see that i do in fact look like both of them <laughs> so i i'm guessing that most of them at first just assume adoption for two men and a child mm-hmm. yeah that's true uh, yeah. i'll go i'll go back to the question thing one of the most common questions i get as well is are you adopted yeah like people are really interested in like how I was conceived. Mm-hmm. Again, so different just within 10 years, because I think the automatic assumption when I was growing up was that my parent, like one of my, the, the parent who had conceived me had done so within a heterosexual relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, so I must have a dad and they just must be somewhere else. Like that it wasn't, it just wasn't thought of as, as possible to yeah. to to uh, to adopt legally as if someone who is out or to conceive as someone who is out that do you do you think do you ever get those questions or those assumptions in ways yeah but people also understand um i live in massachusetts and we were the first state to legalize same-sex marriage and very mm-hmm. progressive in general so anybody here who has lgbtq parents it's highly highly likely that they are legally the people's children Mm -hmm. so it kind of just happens and people don't really question it much do when you were growing up did you ever like practice answering questions about your family at home like did your parents sort of prep you at all for some of this or or yeah I I think that over thinking back over the years I feel like I got better and better 
at answering in ways that felt better for me. And, and so I wasn't caught off guard as much, but it came with practice uh, and I think prep from my parents too. Uh, I never practiced at home, but I got more used to answering the questions when I answered them to kids. Mm -hmm. So I generally give the same answer when I get the questions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my parents didn't necessarily prep us, but they were definitely 100% open with anything we wanted to know from as young as we could understand it. And I really, really appreciated that. As for practicing it with people, I was lucky to go to the same school from kindergarten through sixth grade. So I grew up with these people and pretty much only had to explain it once as most, once at most. And maybe a couple of times as we got older, more specifics would come up. But my shift to my current high school in seventh grade, I did have to practice it a little bit, but I was very, very lucky to meet a few people immediately who were respectful and helped me out with other people. Yeah, that that's having those allies who yeah. can sometimes take that burden off even having to explain things can be so helpful. Absolutely. Now, what about, so I know one big thing for me growing up was that I would, I had kind of been prepped for my parents and we, they answered my questions. And so I would ask about where did I come from? Like, how did I have appear here in this family? And I distinctly remember being in probably third grade. So it's like nine and people were asking me and say, yeah, no, I have two moms. You have to have a dad. No, I don't have a dad. I have a sperm donor. And my parents had made it crystal clear that I was not allowed to elaborate uh, what that meant uh, for the other nine-year-olds. So that became part of a challenge of even just as people got older and started understanding how conception happened, um, I sometimes had more information than my peers. Yeah. Did you ever experience anything like that? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Not alone. <laughs> yeah. It's always... I've. Like I said, I've been really, really lucky that my parents have been open with me and my brother. And yeah, there have been times where I have no more than my peers. But the thing I like to say most to them is, hey, I know I was wanted mm -hmm. because there's no way that that could have been an accident. Yeah. <laughs> and that's usually where they kind of <laughs> realize what I mean. Mm -hmm. I mean, again, I don't really have like a lot of problems with my peers with this. Like a lot of them are really, most of them are really understanding about it. So for me, I mean, at least now at this point, I can fully answer the question mm -hmm. so they're asking. Previously, previously, I tried to elaborate as much as I thought they could understand. Mm -hmm. I did the same. <laughs> yeah. When it comes to people and expectations around role models in your life, people would say like, oh, you don't have a dad, but but is there any man that you're close to? And and when I would say they're like, yeah, I love my grandfathers are around and I love them and we're close, that would they be like, OK, good. OK, good. Like there's somebody. But my grandfathers were in their 70s and 80s. Like they were not parenting me. Um, they were men I loved, but they, they weren't my parents. And so I never like I hated when I would get those questions because it was such a presumption of like un that I would just fail at being a functioning person in society if I didn't adhere and like see at home strict gender roles and those expectations does that happen to you that doesn't necessarily happen to me anymore like a question i used to get from like younger kids was like do your parents want you to be gay because they're lesbian and i'd always respond with no that's kind of ridiculous but <laughs> yes. at this point like at this point i feel like gender roles are somewhat like unnecessary like like mm -hmm. i don't need like we don't need defined roles 
for a specific gender. I think like people are just going to be who they are and they're, and when they get into a relationship, they're going to function in the relationship in whatever way is healthy for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I had again, kind of a different experience where people assumed there's kind of a stigma around being second gen and people Can you assume... just explain what oh yeah so second generation in this context means that your parents are lgbtq and you also identify um and i was having a conversation with one of my other friends who has two moms and we were talking about that stigma and how people assume that if you come out as second gen that it's just because your parents are gay mm -hmm. that it's just because you want to be like your parents not because you actually feel that way and it can be a little bit dehumanizing in ways because it makes you feel like your sexual orientation or gender identity is not valid. Mm -hmm. And it's only because of your parents. If I could just talk about the gender roles thing. Yeah. So in my house, both my parents work and um, they both get money for the house. I guess they're both breadwinners. One of them is home more than the other. And some of my friends go, oh, so he's the mom, right? Like that mm. doesn't make him my mom. That makes him my parent who works two less days a week. He still works a substantial amount. And don't tell my other dad this, but he's also just the better <laughs> cook. So <laughs> we're not mad that he makes dinner more often. But it's just a whole idea of you can have a functioning household without one, without a parent, a male parent and a female parent, just as single parent households can function. And mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And what is it? It, it is so interesting because what does that also then say about how this other person perceives moms and what women do in a house? Yeah. Uh, like, do, do they like what not only what happens in their own home, but is that assumption that women don't work then, you know, or, or that they're, you know, absolutely around the house more? Yeah, I think there's definitely an assumption as a mm -hmm. woman that it's starting to change. It's thankfully starting to change. But there's definitely an assumption that the woman's home more and works a little bit less or maybe takes more time off to take care of the kids both mm -hmm. of my parents were lucky to get paternity leave um wow. and a substantial amount too so that was very very a fortunate event mm -hmm. but it's very much just the assumption that the woman will take a longer time off to take care of the baby and the woman will be home and cleaning and cooking and this and that mm -hmm. while still working potentially um but that idea is luckily changing like i said mm-hmm now Zan, at your home do you feel like you there's now expect like do other people put on expectations of now that you are especially as a teenager like oh my gosh you're I, like your parents must be so thrilled because now there's somebody to do like labor around the home right I'm kind of wondering do you do you ever get questions or sort of some of those assumptions now that you're older and the only male identified person in your house uh yeah I definitely get that a lot <laughs> okay like I get like oh you should be moving all this all these things for your parents you should be doing mm -hmm. all this manual things for for your parents i mean i'm doing i'm doing some stuff but i'm doing it because i want to help out around the house not because i'm the only male in the household yeah gender <laughs> expectations are zan you're so right are just i think we now know like made up in so many ways outdated uh outdated absolutely and so do not often apply to our families and we can that's i think one of the benefits that i've experienced in growing up with an with lgbtq parents is that I kind of have that step back, right? You can kind of like look at those, that different expectations be like, that makes yeah. no sense. Yeah. And has having an adult role model or someone who you're close to of your same um, sex or gender, has that been important to you? 
Yeah, so, um, sorry. I have, I'm very, very lucky to have this, and I'm glad I do have such a close relationship with my aunts, but I by no means feel like I need to have it. Mm -hmm. I feel like I would have been totally fine had I not had this close of a relationship with them. Um, I do not wish that I did, though, because I love them very, very Mm -hmm. much. But (laughs) if I I didn't, I feel like I wouldn't have been that much different. Mm -hmm. It has been a little bit helpful with certain things, um, just random little bits here and there. But my parents are actually both physicians, so they know a lot about things Mm -hmm. as I started to get older and things like that. But my aunts have definitely been there for me in certain instances that my dads might not have been able to provide as much guidance in. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't really miss having a male figure at all. I mean, again, when I was younger, I thought about it a lot more than I do now, but I really don't miss it. Like, I mean, we have close family friends who are male. If I really need to ask a question, I'll ask them a question. Like we had like, like a family friend taught me how to shave, for example. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't miss it. Like, I like, it's not something... It's not something I feel like I need at all. Yeah. I, I'm very happy with my parents, and I'm very happy with my family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 back to what uh, Jean you had said at the beginning that there's this perceived lack, but it it feels hard. So in all three of our experiences, like our parents were out uh, when we were all conceived, yeah. so it's it's different. I don't. I can't, it's hard for me to feel a lack of something that I never had. One of my questions that I want to ask is. What is the best thing about being sort of outnumbered at home and what's the most challenging? And I can just share uh, a challenging experience of being uh, all of the same sex and gender at my home was uh, going through puberty and menopause when every member in the family was doing that oh. at the same time. There was just a lot of emotions. <laughs> um, so that's sort of a unique experience that later I'm like, oh, my gosh, well, thankfully we all made it through. <laughs> How did that happen? Yeah. It's <laughs> a lot of emotions happening. It's one of the best things about being the only girl in my house is probably that I can usually tell what clothes are mine. So it's less <laughs> likely to get mixed up in the laundry but that being said, I do own primarily T-shirts that are identical to my brother's or my dad's. And <laughs> I'm the same size as my dad's, so sometimes that becomes a problem. But, for example, if a nice top comes up in the wash and my brother tries to claim it, I can just flip the tags, show this is a woman's shirt, and <laughs> take it back. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I would say a challenge would probably be maybe the whole puberty thing or, like, my parents just kind of don't understand certain things that happened to me that didn't happen to them. Mm-hmm. Um, while they do understand the science behind it, they don't understand like what it feels like to get cramps or things like mm-hmm. that. So it's just a little bit different in that sense where if I come downstairs, I'm like, I need ibuprofen. And they're like, I, can you wait an hour or something? And it's just a different kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I really, I, I don't know. I really have had that many challenges of like, Oh, they're a different sex. So they don't understand I think, I think for me, I think for me, they just, they did a good job of trying to educate themselves on what, Mm. on what boys go through. And they've done a very good job of like not making me feel like I need another person of my gender in the household. They just, they make it seem, they make it feel very easy and normal. What did they not know that once they were raising you, they, you think that they went out and learned? I'm not necessarily sure because a lot of it would be when I'm younger and, like, I don't know if I'd necessarily understand it. I mean, 
when I was going through puberty, I never had like the kind of issue where it's like, oh, they don't understand what a guy's going through. Mm-hmm. I guess because it's a little bit more simple. But, <laughs> but like, but like, yeah, I don't. I'm not necessarily sure because a lot of it was when I'm younger. I think. I think at this point they're so used to raising a boy that they're like, oh, whatever, it's fine. Well, it's interesting because then it doesn't sound like you that they they had that sort of scramble that you like brought up a an issue or a question and they were like, oh, like that they were scrambling to figure it out. It sounds like they kind of preempted things or if they did scramble, they uh, did their research at night and then like, you know, kept <laughs> didn't their tell you. Yeah, I did tell you. <laughs> Honestly, they just like be like, oh, we don't know. Let's ask a male friend. Mm-hmm. Like, that's it. Like they'll be like, oh, we're not sure. So we're going to ask our friend. Like it's really not that big a deal. Mm. Like they've never been like they've never they don't lie about like knowing something when they don't they'll just yes. be like oh, this isn't our expertise yeah like my parents have been very it, sometimes it gets a little bit annoying because I'll bring up something that I don't know how to deal with and they'll kind of leave it up to me in a way but not entirely they'll make it seem like it is my choice and it's just because they don't necessarily know the answer like just a small example is my prom is coming up and I got a dress and one of my aunts came down for my birthday recently and was talking all about, oh, you have to go get it altered, this, that. And my parents have seen me in the dress, but they didn't say anything about it because they don't necessarily know what it's supposed to look like mm. on me compared to what it looks like. So that whole thing came up and my parents said, oh, so are you going to take it to get altered? I'm like, I, I don't know, am I? And it's just <laughs> because it's a little debate that we're having now about do I trust what the female has said or do I trust what I want to do and that kind of situation? I mean, for me, even more, it's like, it's not necessarily so much about gender, but like sometimes they'll have trouble like asking questions about heterosexuality and sometimes they'll be like, oh, we'll ask, we'll ask your aunt because she's straight. Like (laughs) they were at one point, like they were like, they identified as straight at one point in their lives, but it was a very long time ago. So like, like when when being lgbt coming out as lgbt was not easy mm-hmm. um so i guess so like they'll ask they'll ask like they'll ask like my straight aunt questions sometimes but that's really i guess where they struggle most as parents yeah yeah i don't you can't see but both of our faces <laughs> and i both were like yeah uh yes so agree with that uh it's funny because i actually one of my straight aunts I was probably older. It must have been high school or like in college. And I don't know what prompt prompted it. Um, But she kind of took it upon herself to share advice for like how to date straight men. It's interesting, Zan, that your parents then are sort of finding others. So when they ask like straight women friends questions, are they also have they also been asking like straight male friends? So my mom tends to ask her sister a lot who's straight. Mm -hmm those kinds of questions and quite frankly they don't have a lot of straight male friends so mm-hmm. like, like they don't <laughs> understandable yeah no like same. i say the majority <laughs> of my parents friends are lgbt mm-hmm. yeah uh totally yeah, i'm oh. surrounded by the gays and the lesbians my aunts and all their <laughs> lesbian friends and my dad's and all their gay friends and it's kind of fun <laughs> they're good group. most of my parents male friends are gay so mm-hmm. yeah like yeah <laughs> It's it if people are over and they're if people are over and they're not LGBT, they're either really close family friends or they're uh, clients. Or lost. The two. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> lost. 
Uh, or that confused neighbor who's like, oh, this is a different kind of potluck. Uh, <laughs> Not uh, a bad thing, though. They're a very good group of people to be around. Right. <laughs> Actually, my neighbors aren't so confused. One of our neighbor's son is gay. So as soon as we moved in here, he was like overly excited because he's like, <laughs> oh, my son is gay. You guys are gay. That's great. Yeah, people assume that anybody and everybody in the LGBT community knows each other. Mm-hmm. And I've read into that on multiple occasions and it's been kind of funny, but like it's a community. Mm-hmm. It's like all of a sudden because you're the same sexual orientation, you have something in common yeah. and you should be friends, which is odd because nobody says that about straight people. It's mm-hmm. like, yes. <laughs> to kind of close out this really great conversation for people who are grow- who are growing up or have families like yours and are- and have um two or more or one parent who's of a different um sex than them or also for parents who are going to or currently raising children um those are sort of two different sets of people but do you have what, what advice would you have um or what would you say to somebody who is maybe new in that journey don't stress everything will turn out fine your kid will be fine um Mm -hmm. they will grow up just as planned even if they don't have that extra parent of the other gender um Mm -hmm. and i was speaking on a panel in new york recently and a man approached us afterwards and said hi my husband and i are expecting twin girls we have no idea what to do and the first thing we said was it was for females on the panel all with two dads so the first thing we all said was just take a deep breath (laughs) it will be fine google will be your friend Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it's just a matter of not worrying about what other people tell you because Mm -hmm. in the end you are their parent and you will be able to make informed decisions on what would be best for your kid Mm -hmm. i think the one extra piece of advice that i have on top of that is know the area that you live in well Mm -hmm. because that'll help you prepare kids to answer questions yeah like i'm one of the my family's one of the only gay families in my area families there's a lot of lgbt people but not a lot of families and it's been interesting because there aren't other people right next door to me who share the same experience but because i live in boston everybody is very open and mm-hmm. helpful and what about um other kids or or youth or young adults um who may be listening i would say like don't think about it too much just like be happy with your parents and mm. and who they are and get what get whatever you can out of them because i don't think you're limited by the gender mm. at all i don't think that's something that's limiting you because there's always someone in your life that you can ask the question of if your parents can't answer it i really think you should just get as much as you can out of your parents in the time that you have living with them and don't let others try to shape who you are because of your family so don't let others try to tell you that for example people will tell me that because i'm raised by two men oh i must not know i must not wear makeup because they never taught me how to wear makeup and things like that are absolutely not true it's because i want that extra half hour of sleep in the morning (laughs) so it's just the kind of things like that like don't let other people say oh you're like this because you have two dads two moms a transparent it's it's all because you are you and i don't think i would be much different than i am now if i was raised by a male and a female mm-hmm. yeah gender yeah. is a construct and it yeah. didn't construct me <laughs> and it didn't construct how my parents parent exactly quite frankly i think i'm more aware having two parents of the same gender mm-hmm. i'm more aware of i guess like the struggles of the lgbt community and the struggles of like 
people who don't have all the all the civil rights that like a white cis male would have. Yes. Mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like I'm definitely more aware because like if I had if I had a heterosexual non mixed race parent, I'd be like I I don't think I don't know if I'd understand what's going on in yeah. society. I'd yeah. understand to the extent of what I'm what I'm explained, but I don't think I'd be as immersed in it as I am now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like I bring friends down to Provincetown. And they see every you can't swing a dead cat without hitting a drag queen. And they all become super shocked. And they're kind of like, why are you just walking by this? This is so cool. And I'll just look at them and say, I have been coming here since I was two months old. This is what I've grown up with. Mm -hmm. And I've definitely had friends who are LGBTQ themselves approach me and feel more comfortable with me because I've had my my life has been much more open and I have things like family equality and collage that I've grown up with mm-hmm. to help me get the tools to be allies to other people. I've even had kids who are like not necessarily my friends uh, talk to me about their sexual orientation. Yeah. They, like, yeah. I can understand it more than like their friends can or more than like even their parents can. Like there's a kid at my school. I'm not sure if this has changed yet. But there's a kid at my school who's out to the school, but not out to his parents. Mm. So it's good to know that that still happens because I 100% had to talk through multiple people in high school through their coming out process. Yeah. And Uh, even if not just through the coming out process, through everything else, like my friends who are trans, who are gay, know that if anyone is giving them crap, I will be right there Mm -hmm. to back them up. And they have that confidence in me and that trust in me. And it's a really good feeling to have people who trust you like that. Thank you for talking with me and thank you for um, hopefully, I mean, actually, take it by. Thank you for undoubtedly sharing some really great information and stories and advice uh, that are really hopefully helping people who are listening. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Again, thank you for joining us today. This podcast is brought to you by the PRX Podcast Garage. Their community hours program gives studio time and training to Boston nonprofits developing a podcast. Learn more at podcastgarage.org. Please rate, review, and subscribe to Outspoken Voices. You can find Outspoken Voices on our website, SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever you get your podcasts. You can find Family Equality Council at familyequality.org and on Facebook and Instagram at Family Equality and on Twitter at Family underscore Equality. Until next time. Remember that love, justice, family, and equality is what brings our families together.